Hello and welcome to the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross LeCain. I'm bringing my 25 years industry experience together with leading experts around the globe to give you the insights on how to live a better life and grow a profitable mortgage broking business that you are proud of. Today we have Ruin Berger from Time Home Loans, one of the top 25 brokerages in the country. Hello and welcome to the Billion Dollar Broker podcast. Today we have a special guest from Queensland, Ruan Berger from Time Home Loans. He's been a top 25 brokerage in the country and ever since he started his brokerage 14 years ago, he's been amongst the top 100 brokers in the country. So I'd like to welcome Ruan. Thank you for having me. Mate, uh, we were chatting the other day and I really wanted to get you on the podcast because I loved your positive outlook and, and how you were attacking the market at the moment um, on a number of fronts. But firstly, I just wanted you to tell me, uh, you know, what we were just talking about in terms of what, you're, what you've been focusing on recently. Yeah, so Ross and I mean, COVID-19 for everyone means different things. For us, it's... Uh, one way or another now created an opportunity. Uh, we're becoming more close, closely aligned, should I say, with our real estate partners. Um, and in this market, with all the changes that happened for them overnight in respect of auctions, opens, the opportunity just grew better than you would have ever believed because the reality of it is finance now is more important to them, in my opinion, than it ever been before. They're really asking more questions. They try and screen their clients better. And they're therefore reaching out to us, asking more questions as well. And it's just become a vocal point for us to now proactively talk to them more frequently, uh, get some social data for them, uh, for their platforms that they can use in respect of having those conversations around finance and what they can do better to get the buyer involved quicker and get faster turnaround times, etc. And they are just keen for that proposition. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point that you raise and uh, a lot of uh, the real estate agents that I've been in contact are saying that because, you know, there's not these big open houses anymore and, and they've, their time is more important than ever. They're really looking for qualified buyers. They want to spend those times with qualified buyers. So that relationship between broker and real estate agent has never been more crucial. Agreed. And I think it's creating an opportunity for us that whatever may happen in the next three, six or 12 months, you've got a great proposition now where you can just really salvage that relationships and build it in a way that works for your business as well. So it goes both ways. Uh, we're now following certain processes and constantly remind them of these processes. And it's like layers to an onion. Um, when everything goes well, I don't think they really take to take the time to listen to you. Now, when things are a little bit touchy, they're really open to say, well, whatever you think is going to work, well, let's discuss it. Let's implement it. So it's just as good a time as ever for building and forging those relationships. Definitely. And that's one of the points that I'm highlighting at the moment to, to the brokers that I'm coaching is that you know, to be a market authority in this market, there's never been a better time. And we're seeing so many changes you know, from a, a policy perspective, um, you know, who the banks will and won't lend money to. And um, so, you know, to keep them up to date with these things and also the what 
options borrowers have um, is so important and can really stand you ahead of the rest of the people because as we were saying, um, a lot of people are going away from purchase business and are focusing on refinancing where you're really focusing on those real estate agents and the purchase business. Yeah, and it was a it was a quick a, a quick wake up call in the sense of the top of leads that we started receiving. It was significantly less, but a much better quality, and it just opened my eyes to realise, like for our business with our brokers, that became a vocal point for us to say, "We're quite having fun here. This is um, a really really good lead flow that we're now getting, and the agent is very open to work with us." to get the deals approved and work with us to get a get a result at the end of it. So um, for me personally, again, even if you think of the open homes that was taken away, the agents fly blind to a certain extent now and they very quickly learn this when a few of their deals started falling over. And we used to throw the term around prevention is better than cure. Now we have a few agents using that term to us and go, prevention is better than cure, mate. We like it. <laughs> person before we go and sign a contract so you know it's clearly hitting home for them and I mean you can't be in a better spot than than truly you know owning our space in respect of how the relationship should and would work if everyone is having the be on the same page for that matter I love it prevention is better than cure you know and you know how busy we are and we don't want to do things twice and I'm sure they they don't want to go through and do the dance with people that at the end of the day aren't going to qualify for finance so you know now more than ever is is a time to you know be that authority and you know as we said in a in a booming market do agents and new agents really want to know you no because they don't need you but you know in a down market they need you right so it's it's a now more than ever is a great chance for brokers to really uh, build those relationships. Agree, Ross. And there's another benefit in it because you're going to find the good agents are still going to be very good agents and they're not falling by the wayside by any way, shape or form. Uh, you can also now take this time to really work that proposition. You know, you can only measure what you can manage. And I think there's a great opportunity where you find it works well with one agent. You now take it to another agent and as soon as you put it in front of them, they're all yes. Because they clearly know that this is going to help them and call it selfish or whatever you like. But at the end of the day, charity begins at home for them. They just want to make things easier for them. And we're in a position now to make it easier. Mm. So what's your strategy for keeping them up to date and informed? So we do send the, uh, the text message on a Saturday just to let them know what's happening in the marketplace. But we also take the time to make contact with them and just have that chat. Whether that chat is just a mental state of play where we check in, just make sure all is going well with them. But it is just trying to find out what they have uh, uh, on their desk. And even as far as real estate offices go, now with Zoom meetings, we have an opportunity sometimes where one of our brokers has got three Zoom meetings with three different real estate agencies on one day. And it's great because whatever works with the one, you can feel just the feedback you get. You just go and physically copy it with the next because you just know you've hit the jackpot. They're clearly listening and the feedback is just uh, uh, paramount. Yeah, rinse and repeat, hey? Rinse and repeat. And it is working. At, um, for us already, I mean, um, you know, back in the day we've, with sales meetings, we'll get the agency come to us, principal alike, and say, 
we're happy to see just once a month. We are now constantly, once a week, we are talking to the same agency because in this market, they're really, really keen to hear what we have to say. And more to the point is when this does change, because it will, and when things do get back to a more normality for whoever, um, I do believe this opportunity that we had to do a deep dive with them on things that can be done better. Um, they'll remember you for those emotional challenges you face together versus the monetary wins that you may or may not have. So we, we also focus, you know, we talk about having to pay real estate agents. In this market, the pay, paying them becomes less of a pain point. It's about getting the deal done. And so our focus proposition is, let's help you present the best you can in front of your seller and do the best you can for your buyer. So it's not talking about rates. It's not talking, it's about control. It's about process. It's about outcomes. So our conversation change and tomorrow they'll remember us for those things. Not rates, but again, process, outcomes, results. And I think that's a really important thing that you raise because you know, a lot of brokers that I see and, and, you know, people that aren't as successful as someone like yourself go out with their hand out and expect to receive, right? But everything that you're talking about is relationship-based and to help them do their business better, right? Which, which is a key difference in terms of if you can take that, and that takes a good referral partner relationship to a different level because you're really interested in helping them in their business. And Agreed. rather than going out with your hand, yes, of course, you're going to receive business back because you've built the relationship. But too many people, you know, treat it like a one night stand, right? They just want to go in and, you know, get the business and then, uh, and then get out, right? Where it's, it's more like a marriage, right? More like you've got to do the dance and build that relationship. We don't want to be their mortgage broker. We would like to be their trusted advisor. And we say to them, on this journey, you're going to realize what the difference is between the two. Uh, mm -hmm. The one is where you want us as part of this outcome purely because it controls things for you versus just the mortgage broker trying to write the deal. That's not who we are. And we never have been that to them either. So I think you've got to practice what you preach. Definitely. I loved when we we're having the conversation the other day. Um, you had another real estate agent that you'd previously dealt with a few years ago and they came back to you and wanted to reconnect. But you, your first, you know, position was to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't have to... Um, do business with everyone I meet these days. So do you want to just, yeah, you know, say your line? I can't remember exactly yeah, what you said. I think them, it was but. just um, 2013 when the relationship started for certain real estate. We, you, you put yourself in a position where you want to be all things for them and you realise also, like we go on this journey, that you can't be all things for all people. Mm. And um, as it's done a full cycle, this particular uh, um, in fact, it was a builder, if you can recall. That builder has come back to us now wanting to deal with us and we made the point to say, you know, at that given stage, we really needed your business. Where we are now, we don't need your business. So we really need to understand what it is you want from us. And then we could be quite clear whether we believe we can give it to you. And I think it's just in those moments where you don't want to deal with everyone. You've mm. got to choose your battles and you, at the end of the day, got to choose your wins as well. Um, and in this case, it was just one of those moments where we're not saying no, but we're clearly not saying yes either. Exactly. And, and 
you know, it, it, it puts you in that position of authority and it, it, it makes people want to do business with you because you become exclusive to them. Whereas um, if you're really open and open the, the door with, you know, whereas, you know, and I suggest this for, for a lot of the successful brokers um, around there that I work with in terms of interview them as if they want the job. You're, you're the guy on Shark Tank and you're interviewing them. Do they get to work with me? Is this a person that I'm going to invest in? Because at the end of the day, you are going to invest your, you know, one of your most precious resources. And for most brokers, their most precious resource is their time. So um, if you want to invest that time into that relationship, it better be one that's going to provide value to you. Agreed. And you, regardless of what business you work for or work with, uh, people deal with people. So at the end of the day, for us to make that connection, you've got to do it on a personal level. You need to really ensure that they understand what it is that you try and do, not just for them, but for the client. Um, I've had agents come to me and said, you, you didn't want to do this deal. Is there a reason? I said, because I didn't feel comfortable. And the agent believed at that. And clearly for me, the flip side of the coin is if they didn't, then maybe me and the agent isn't really connected either. So you've got to take it for what it is. Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, that's great. I think that's given our listeners a, you know, a really good insight in terms of you know, what it takes to, to build and maintain an excellent uh, referral partner relationship. And we can see you know, why you've been one of the top brokerages in terms of doing that. Another reason you've been one of the top brokerages is because you really look after your team. And we were in Dublin having a few beers over there at the Advisor Study Tour and we, we had some, uh, some great chats. And one of the things that struck me was uh, around, around how you, know, you look after your team. So I'd love for you to share with, um, with the listeners in terms of you know, what your philosophy around that is? I think it um, comes down the same way you look at an agent, an accountant, a financial planner, or a client for that matter. When you choose people to work with your business, you choose them for many, for a myriad of reasons. For me at the start, it was always about how are they going to treat a client? Because our business is about clients. Uh, you can have referral sources and everything, but if you can't physically connect with clients, then you don't really have a business as far as I'm concerned. And I look at our staff and I've always had this opinion that um, it's much harder to keep staff than it is to get them. And I've come to realize over the years that that's not really true. It's uh, much harder to get good staff than it is to keep them because, you know, people like people and it always has been the case. And for that reason, with staff, if we found that we have these very valued staff, we would do whatever we possibly can to ensure that they know they matter, not just to our business, but in fairness to everyone that works with them. So we, even now with COVID-19, I mean, left and right around us, businesses have cut hours of staff to 60% and 80%, and you see it everywhere. Uh, we made a conscious decision as we stand still till today that we would retain our staff still on full-time employment. Uh, but we also made the conscious decision that we can't take a blanket approach here. We got to sit with each staff member personally and understand their circumstances because these people 
call them the chosen family, if you like. You can't choose your family, but these people, we did choose them, and we have been on this journey with them for a long time. So they do matter to us as much as we hopefully matter to them. So we do, when these moments come, these defining moments, you do need to take a little bit more stock and try and understand what you've got to do for them at that moment and not just what you've got to do for the business. Because no matter how we look at this, if you lay us to an onion, if you dial it all back, they are the business. So mm. you can't just really take the emotion out of it. I think it could be one of the biggest regrets you can ever have when you take emotion out of a business because it really loses its value. It really loses its feeling. Um, and what I have come to realize already, just, you know, we have a lot of calls coming from clients in respect of uh, pausing holidays, doing uh, pausing repayments, doing all different things. My staff has been very busy, and I think there's a lot of us that have been surprised with how busy we still are. But the conversations they have are very much valued conversations. they not negative. They're not talking uh, uh, down in any way, shape or form, purely because at this stage, they've got every reason to be happy. They're still getting paid full time and everyone left and right off them don't get paid full time. And I think, I love the fact of that, and that was not really the intent, but it's clearly what have come through it, is the fact that our clients, some clients speak to me and said, your staff, the upbeat, just, you know, geez, it makes us feel better. And you clearly get it because our own house is in order. Clearly, it makes it easier to keep our other house in order then as well. Definitely. And it's, you know, when you walk, and I'm sure you've experienced as well, Ruan, where you walk into those businesses and you can just feel it, right? You can just feel that sense of team spirit. And I'm sure if I walked into to your office, you would have that sort of same feeling. I love there's, your there's analogy. There's very little people there now, Ross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's the big challenge that everyone's having now, you know, is how do we maintain this connection in this sort of virtual world and a, a number of brokers on my masterclass are, are saying that how do we sort of that's one of the challenges that a lot of people are um having how do they maintain that connection when they're not necessarily sitting in the office together i'm happy to share a little bit with you what we do it's not perfect but it's close to working yeah, sure. um, as best possibly can and one of the things the first thing we've done is uh, we went and took uh, uh, computers out of the offices, put it to their houses and um, put them on our system. But those computers will remain with their, on the, at their properties now if we ever get back uh, to our office. So we went and bought new computers for the, for the office and they can keep those computers for their families. That was the first thing we did. Second thing, Kaizen brought a thing to us about a huddle and we never could make it work because no one could be at the same place always when we needed them there. But Zoom has just showed us how good huddle could be. So we have a nine o'clock huddle and a two o'clock huddle where all of us are dialing and we talk about the day, we talk about what's happening, who needs help. And it's, it's that constant, you know, seeing each other makes you feel like you're just five seconds away from each other too. And then we've just brought in formal Fridays where we all dress up um, just again to just keep that little bit of normality and then Friday night drinks. Uh, 5.30, we all link back in with a drink in the hand and we just talk about the week that has been and try and not talk about the week that is coming. So yeah. it's just things that I think we all just ought to bring into our roles because there's a lot of value in it. Definitely. I love that. You know, we used to do the, the 10 o'clock huddle for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. But in these times where we're not, 
you know, just having those, you know, coffee chats where, you know, you've got the two now. I think that's really, really important because they, they're saying, oh, how'd you get on with this? And, and you are sort of creating a formality around that. So, yeah, well done. That's, I think that's a great um, tip. To, it gets to, better to, when the staff are saying to you they want to keep it, when I don't have to enforce it. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And that's what it was like in our office. Once it becomes a routine and a habit, people like remind you, oh, when are we having the, are we having the stand? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's 10 o'clock. Let's go. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's creating those rituals in your business. And, you know, your, your example of your, your Friday dress up. And uh, I was just seeing on social media, my friend had a, uh, a black tie dinner with his wife in isolation. So it's a similar thing. You're having a, a formal Friday every Friday. So, uh, you know, that's, that's fantastic. And then you, you top it up when you have a drink, whereas everyone normally has a casual Friday. But because they're probably wearing their pyjama pants Monday to Thursday, formal Friday is something different, hey? Agreed. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> and it's it the trend for the weekend too because it really caps off on the week that has been. Yeah, beautiful. The final point I wanted to, to cover is um, around your existing customers. And when we chatted, uh, we were talking about just, you know, the, the importance of that initial conversation and, you know, just how deep you go in terms of that initial um, conversation, which, which I love. So do you want to just sort of, you know, explain that a bit to our listeners in terms of what you're telling me about that. Yeah. And, and I think, um, I mean, the, the word on the street is that uh, everyone is calling their databases, you know, trying to make sure they look at refinance opportunities. You know, we, we call it the health and wealth conversation. At this stage, you need to focus on the wealth, uh, sorry, on the health, and then the wealth will follow a suit. And I think for us, we, we've just been a bit more cautious about it because whilst the agents are still out there, still trying to find business and we clearly can see the type of referral we get is a more legitimate referral, we don't want to get bogged down just sitting, calling clients for the next three, four weeks and not service those agents when we have this great opportunity to build stronger, forge stronger and better relationships with our agents. Um, I do believe... And not to sound a bit blunt here, but I do believe, I mean, over time, we all try to do our best to build very good client relationships. Uh, us, for one, we very much check in with clients afterwards. And because we've done this well, I'm maybe a little bit more comfortable to say that if my client have this moment, I do believe they'll come back to us. And I believe they'll ask us. So we may be at this stage a bit more reactive than proactive. Um, so at, as we stand today here in May, almost, well, late April, start of May, we're very much currently still proactive with our agents and reactive with our clients. We do send out uh, uh, emails to our clients about COVID. So there's enough information through our data, uh, uh, through our CRMs, whether you Australia Finance Group or whoever you are, there's enough information that they are giving us to keep them posted and keep them you know, a breeze of what's happening within the marketplace. I think at this stage, we're quite comfortable with them coming to us versus us going to them. And if things do change in the next two to three months and suddenly you need to act more on your book, well, we'd rather do it then. But I do feel very comfortable that we've built very strong relationships that we now, to a certain extent, not own, but, you know, have 
well, well deserve to have those clients coming back to us. And we're not, we know we're never going to keep every client, but we've just, with the amount of people coming back to us, it's clearly working for us at this stage to really take stock again on why we should really take the time at the start of the process to build a good relationship, why we should make sure when this loan settle, we keep in contact with that client, why when there is changes, don't bombard them with things, but give them enough for them to come back to you. Definitely. And can we just unpack that a little bit in terms of, you know, you, you said you take that time up front when you, when you first meet the client and in terms of really understanding their why. So just give me a, a sort of a, a snapshot of, of what that looks like. So with us, because we have a team of people that work with every broker with their client, for starters, we've always introduced that team. So we wanted to make sure a client understands very early in the piece, if you can't get hold of me, get hold of someone in the team and things will get done. We also, uh, uh, with document signups, we used to sign them up, uh, where now it's a little bit harder, but we used to sign up most of our clients in respect of uh, legal documents. So you've had that opportunity to keep on building on that relationship. Mm. But I think also... Everyone is there to, at the start, to say, I can help you with a loan. It's about who can help you on the journey to -hmm. ensure that the loan you still have is one, applicable, and two, is still justifiable as the right loan for you. I think with us, because we tend to keep on asking questions afterwards, it's given, and and I've got to say with Australia Finance Group, with their red alerts, it does help us to cheat the system a bit because we get this list of people where a bulk production has been made or the uh, interest only comes to an end to all these things that allows us to keep on constantly talking to these clients proactively rather than reactively. But I do think at the start, it's a buying mechanism as far as I'm concerned with good brokers. Where that client uh, um, asks you, like, who pays you? How are you? Do we have to pay you? You know you've just added value now. You've not been the next broker. And it's in that moment that it really defines your business proposition. I always say to my brokers, every time they ask you who pays for you, it means whatever job you've done, you've done well. And that does reflect through over the years. I've just seen it 100%. Like people get sent to you from from another client and that client asks you that same question again because they come to realize that you're you're not just a order taker. You're clearly very much here to advise, to educate, and to, at the end of the day, support their transaction. Exactly. And I think that's the difference between a good broker and, you know, an average broker is really taking that time to really understand their why up front, really understanding, well, what it's not just, you know, a relationship for right now. It's going to be that relationship into the future and I know for myself um, I was big in property investment Um, so it was about creating what their end goal in terms of property investment was and around looking at well okay you're here how can we get you there and this and then it becomes you know a a, um, you know a conversation about how to get them there and it takes product out of it right it takes rate and product of course that's important but they're buying you, not the the transaction. And you know, I really got a sense of that from you as well. 
Ross, I'll share just one last thing because this is something I don't think every broker out there is really taking advantage of, but Google reviews. Uh, currently, it's on hold because of the whole COVID-19 thing. But there's nothing better than really finding yourself at the end of your settlement, asking the client to do a review for you. One of two things is going to happen. They're either going to say yes, which means they truly appreciate what you've done for them. And um, I find every client we would have had on Google, it's hard past to see them go anywhere else because that's the, they put their money where their mouth is. The benefit of it is where they say no. Like none of us are perfect. We all learn you know, different ways to do things, but it's to understand then why no? Why do you believe I haven't delivered a service second to none to you? What is it that I need to change within my process to make sure tomorrow I get a yes? And we have made this a big thing with our brokers. Um, and for our brokers at the start, it was a bit of a conflicted proposition because I don't think you always like to go and ask. But I try to train my brokers that you're not asking because you want a review. You're asking because you want the truth. Did they really rate your service or didn't they? It's that easy for me. It's quite simple. And if they didn't, what are you got to do to change that? Because otherwise, you're not going to become any better. Mm, definitely. And, you know, that is so powerful. It's, you know, Seth Godin says it's, it's not... Um you know, it's not what you say about you, it's what the market says about you. And, you know, we, we are definitely moving, you know, that way from a mortgage broking space as well. So, um, but I love that about the feedback. You know, we used to send surveys out and we used to, in one of the things, paper-based back in the day with a scratchy ticket we used to do. And uh, they would come back and I'd have one of the questions was, um, you know, areas for improvement. I would love if someone wrote in there but 90 time, 99 times out of 100, they didn't. But the one time they did, I was like, oh, yes, I really can use the, this piece of information because um, you don't get a lot of that, that feedback in terms of, well, what, what could I be doing better? So and I think that's a, a great conversation to have, even when you lose a client or they went elsewhere. You know, if it's you or on behalf of your broker, hey, you were dealing with such and such, do you mind if I, you know, not to try to win your business back, but just to help us improve. Do you mind yeah. if I ask why why you didn't use our services? And the information you get is is amazing. Agreed, hmm. mate. That's been um, so much value, right? Um, such a good conversation. I've learned um, a lot from you, and I can definitely see why you're amongst the, the top twenty five brokerages in the in the company. And you know, you've got such a loyal and um, you know, staff uh, working for you. So, yeah, really wanted to uh, say thanks for, for spending that time. I know it's extremely busy um, at this point in time. So, yeah, thanks very much. No, thank you so much, Ross. So uh, this has been another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker podcast. Uh, be sure to like us and leave a review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform uh, you listen to. So thanks and we'll see you next time.